Before we get started, a quick disclosure. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing you hear is an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any investment. And with that, hello and welcome to the Range of Capital podcast. This is a 15-minute long podcast, and the clock starts now. I'm Andrew Walker, Portfolio Manager at Rangely. With me, as always, is my co-host and Rangely's founder, Chris Demuth. It is Wednesday, May 18th, and today we're going to start by talking about our favorite investor, Warren Buffett, and his most recent moves. Actually, that's all we're going to do today. Uh, so, Chris, Warren Buffett's been in the news quite a bit in the past week, and it seems he's dipping into a sector he's historically avoided, tech. Uh, rumor has him providing financing to a group looking to buy, and everyone told me on the last podcast I say it funny, Yahoo? How am I supposed to say it? Yahoo. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but he's providing financing to a group looking to buy that core business. And then the 13Fs came out this week and revealed that Berkshire had acquired a $1 billion position in Apple. So uh, why don't we kick it off by talking about Apple, which we uh, first mentioned on our – last mentioned on our February 2nd podcast, Apple is Rotting. Uh, yes, Buffett is going through his bucket list. You know, he he <laughs> wanted to whip around tech stocks after all, and he wanted to participate in auctions, uh, two things that he has long <laughs> historically avoided. He did not do. Yeah, so these are two things he's definitely historically avoided. Uh, so he is every quarter investors file 13 F's, which lists all the stocks that they hold. They're widely watched by financial news groups to give a glimpse into what investors are buying or selling. Over the weekend, uh, Berkshire Hathaway filed theirs, and it was revealed they had a $1 billion stake in Apple. Uh, and this was shocking because, as you said, he traditionally avoids tech with the exception of his kind of investment in IBM, which has been a poor investment so far. Uh, so, Chris, what do you think? Do you think Warren Buffett was buying Apple? Uh, well, I mentioned this recently and got countless reactions. Warren Buffett's not buying Apple. Uh, Ted or Todd bought it, which yeah. – which, as a shorthand, geez, guys, I mean, he's the head of the organization. His organization is buying it, and he owns a significant amount of Berkshire Hathaway. But it almost certainly was Ted Ortiz. Yeah, he sent a letter to the Wall Street Journal that said, hey, I know it's getting a lot of press, but it was one of my lieutenants who did it. Uh, but you know what? You've got Ted and Todd work across the hall from Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. He's the best investor of all time. I'm sure they went and talked to him a little bit about his views on buying Apple and everything. Uh, so I think it's definitely still interesting that they bought this much. And he obviously trusts them as investors. It, it does speak highly to Apple. So what do you think they're seeing in Apple? You know, um, and, and let me just touch on whether or not they spoke with him. I'm guessing it's a little bit like what we do. I don't know. We usually get, I'd say, 70 80% mm-hmm. of the, the way through a project. And then we kind of touch base back and forth. I'm mm-hmm. guessing they do that a little bit, but but I, I, I don't... I don't know. Um, let's see. Apple is cheap. It's trading at less than 12 times earnings, less mm-hmm. than six times EV to EBITDA, which is something we look at much more, certainly. Uh, it is a great brand. Uh, if you look at Apple uh, decade to decade, uh, Buffett certainly likes to think about things in a decade increment more than in a day increment. Mm-hmm. It's reasonably likely that uh, the brand will have an immense amount of value 10 years from now. And, and you think in before the iPod came out, long before that, people were getting literal tattoos of the Apple logo on their body. And that, you know, if you're willing to get a tattoo of the logo, Harley, Davidson, Apple, it's a sign of a great brand, right? You don't, I don't know anyone who's got the Microsoft tattoo on them, for example. Go it, it's probably a good uh, opportunity to think about the equity. I still don't endorse the tattoo itself. <laughs> it's too late for that, Chris. I've made a terrible mistake. But no, I, I think that's it. It's, it's almost a traditional Warren Buffett play, right? It's cheap. You mentioned that. It's got a great brand, and it's a business model that he's generally loved. You know, most of Apple is centered around selling products to consumers. Buffett's made a lot of his money 
buying consumer-oriented products. And Apple is increasingly dependent on services. You know, you subscribe to Apple Music. They take a piece of every sale through the App Store. Apple Pay takes a piece of every transaction. And Buffett has traditionally loved buying into things that get a piece of every other thing. American Express is one of his most famous investments. That's a great example of that. We're a decade and a half uh, uh, removed from the tech bust. He was paying a lot of attention at the time, even though he was savvy about avoiding Mm -hmm. a lot of the tech companies at the time. And so he's been waiting and watching, and he's observed the survivors. He's being very empirical, and there are a couple that he believes uh, are uh, would fit within what he would understand. In many ways, him buying Apple makes a lot of sense. Uh, You know, it's a company that's kind of fallen from growth. Apple isn't growing anymore, so a lot of people. It's beaten down. It's cheap. It's got a lot of crash. It's got great brands. But I want to talk about, and I'll hop, I'll take this and you jump in whenever you want. Uh, one thing that you immediately see is he's bought into this big tech company, Apple. And it's hard not to draw parallels to his 2012 investment in IBM, which is down. He made an $11 billion investment in IBM. Uh, and shares have dropped 20% against a very high rising market uh, since he made that investment. So it's obviously been a poor investment. And each of them, when you think about it, have large structural issues that they'll need to overcome. IBM had a lot of very high margin legacy products that they need to kind of innovate around and they've had difficulty doing. And Amazon, Microsoft have offered these lower margin products that only become profitable at scale that have really eaten their lunch, so to speak. Uh, Apple, I think it's interesting. They're really structured around making products. And if the future is in services, I think they're going to have a lot of issues there. Uh, The first thing you can point to is their services right now are not that great. Anyone who uses iTunes will say it's not very good. Apple Maps was a disaster when it's launched. It's gotten better, but it's still well behind Google Maps and Waze. And uh, it, I think they're going to have a lot of trouble with services. Go ahead. You have I was just going to say, you, you know, you can think about iTunes, but what I really think is that you can go instead to Audio Boom and listen to the Rangely Capital <laughs> podcast there. Uh, uh, really a concern. Tim Cook actually called a special board meeting specifically, specifically for the podcast. For, for and the I, I didn't realize that share. our subscriber numbers were that big yet, but. Uh, <laughs> audio boom issues aside, Apple is actually structured as a functional organization. And what that means is each division does not have a profit and loss uh, column. Apple has one overall, but they have a head of engine. They have an engineering organization, a marketing organization, uh, a research and development organization. And this is really good to make tight, integrated hardware products where some genius at the top comes up with the idea and he demands that the organization create it to his T. It makes really nice. Uh, it makes really nice products that are oriented, and you can see that the iPhone is much better in terms of hardware integration than any other phone out there. But it's really poor for services, and you kind of think software is something that you iterate a lot. And the popular software things are often used for things that they weren't originally dreamed up as. And top-down kind of command control doesn't really work well there. So I think Apple is going to have an organizational product where an organizational problem. They were built for hardware, and the future is in software. Now, the real, the way they could avoid this is if they can come up with great new products. And I think there's some evidence that uh, Apple's trying to enter probably the car market, which is a really nice fit for their structure. But if you think the future is in services, I don't think Apple is where you want to be. Do you have anything on that? I have nothing to add. Yeah, I, I would just say Apple, uh, some evidence that they're about to uh, enter the car market their R&D as a percent of sales has gone from less than 3% of sales in 2009 to 2014. It's going to be 5% this year and 7% next year. Uh, in gross numbers, it's gone from about $6 billion annually to over $12 billion. Huge number, and it's going to be really exciting. 
it's almost certainly a car. What sort of car do you invest $12 billion of research into every year? It's going to be exciting to see. So nothing else there? Want to switch over to you? Sure. All right. Before we hit that, just a quick reminder. If you like this podcast, the best way to get more of them is to help us grow. Please recommend us to a friend who you think would like the podcast. And also be sure to follow and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or as Chris put it out, Audio Boom, if that's where you get us. Uh, so Chris, Yahoo, we last mentioned it on our April 22nd podcast, Yahoo Shotgun Wedding. And I believe kind of we've gone from the first round of bids to the second round of bids. And why don't you take it with some of the surprising news that broke late last week? Sure. Um, so at this point, we have Verizon definitely involved. Mm-hmm. We have Time definitely involved. Uh, Time is enthusiastic on uh, Yahoo. Uh, Time was saying, uh, we're not a magazine company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, and then they continued to bang on. I think whenever a CEO says we're not an X company, they're an X company. Just every single time in the history of the world. Because when it's not true and nobody's saying it, you don't need to bring it up. It's one of those things that is kind of intrinsically untrue. Very similar to, why don't you tell, one of our favorite things is liquidity. Yes, um, liquidity and uh, uh, fidelity also is the same way. When when you spend a lot of time, and you spend you know you get done your week, and you, you're spending a lot of time saying you know I really uh, have plenty of liquidity. We're solvent. You're never solvent. It doesn't come up when it's true. Um, when you're saying I'm very, I'm never cheap. Politicians yeah. especially, but when you spend an enormous amount of your energy explaining how you know, honey, I'm not cheating. I'm no infidelity here. There's been infidelity. It doesn't come up that frequently when it's not the case. It's one of those things that's always a lie. But so Time, who is a magazine company, as you're saying, is interested in Yahoo. They're not a magazine company, says their CEO, but they (laughs) They are are a magazine company. So Time's interested. Verizon is, I think we both agree, probably the front runners by Yahoo. But late last week, news broke that an interesting kind of consortium is bidding on on them. And why don't you take it from there? Yes, uh, Warren Buffett, who, uh, while he does not invest in tech, he is even more adamant, perhaps, that he does not participate in auctions yep. uh, is in an auction uh, perhaps only in a financing role yep. and backing a consortium led by Quicken Loans founder Dan Gilbert cool guy and friend of Warren Buffett's uh, bidding for Yahoo's core business yep so there I, I think you already hit why are we surprised he's hitting this it's Yahoo it's a tech company and they're selling an auction both things that Warren Buffett has railed against and said I don't invest in tech it's not in my circle of confidence I don't participate in auctions he's on both of those but I think both of us agree Warren Buffett's involvement from what we've heard, how we would participate, actually makes a lot of sense to us. you want to dive in there? Um, it is a, a company that is uh, cheap. It is a company that has a large consumer base. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a company that he actually knows pretty well. It's funny. People who exaggerate their circle of competence. I always feel like I need to deeply discount. I have a few people, you're sometimes in this category, there's other people I know that I've invested with in the past who kind of downplay what they know. And those are the people who I secretly am suspicious of actually knowing what they're talking about. And Buffett too kind of disclaims his circle of competence on things that I think he probably knows more about than some people. I hate to put it, I hate to break it to you, but I'm not downplaying it. I just don't know anything. (laughs) But no, as you said, uh, he's got deep ties to Yahoo or however you pronounce it. Uh, 
On his board is Susan Decker, who mm-hmm. is the former CFO slash president of Yahoo. Mm-hmm. And she's talked a lot about what she thinks the future of Yahoo will look like. So he's got that input from a very probably personal perspective. And then they also he also teamed with them to broadcast the Berkshire annual meeting this year. And he spoke very highly of them broadcasting. So he probably saw a little of their operations. He saw some of their reach. So he's got some experience with them. Uh, I think that makes sense. I, I would just add to that that their current CEO... Um, who is struggling, um, Marissa Myers, is uh, an engineer by training. Mm -hmm. She certainly sees Yahoo as a tech company. But if you look financially, it's an ad-generating media Mm -hmm. company. That's what these things are. They're an ad company. And that's what Buffett actually can understand. Sadly, she has not understood that. When it was the giant, before Google, when it was the giant search engine, it was a tech company then. But now it's Yahoo Finance. And Dan Gilbert apparently is very interested in Yahoo Finance and all these things that are actually media slash advertising consumer outreach products. And Warren Buffett has a huge history with those. Capital Cities ABC, The Washington Post, he owns tons of newspapers. And in many senses, this kind of is reminiscent of a deal, his Media General deal, where he bought all of Media General's newspapers at a very low multiple, helped Media General, provided them debt relief so that their TV stations could continue living. And that's been an absolute home run. He bought 20% of the company in that deal, and the stock's up five times since the deal happened. But I think another reason we think this makes sense is because of how he's structuring his investment. And you take it from there. Yeah, I would say, um, and I hugely admire Warren Buffett. And he's there's a lot to learn from him. One of the things at his current stage in his career, I think that he does is he's really, uh, and he does the work, he's an investor, but he's also looking at who he wants to invest in mm-hmm. and the kind of people who uh, probably uh, long after he's left the scene are going to be there mm-hmm. and really trying to uh, maybe put his hand on the scale of who gets the capital and the awareness and the acknowledgement now of 3G, uh, mm-hmm. certainly, in his annual letters, the people internally that he wants to draw attention to. The three Ts, he's always mentioning them, clearly saying these guys are going to have significant control in Berkshire going forward. Go so ahead. that when he's not making decisions, he's made, he's kind of pre uh, pre making the decision of the who, will make, the decision. who will make yep. the decisions. And I think he's putting Dan Gilbert on that list. Yep. So I think, and we can talk, maybe talk about this in a second. He met them through the giving pledge, I yes. believe is how they met. And we've heard through, and I found this a little surprising just because I didn't know Dan Gilbert that well, aside from his ownership of the cast, that Warren has a lot of respect for him. Yeah. So by providing him uh, financing for this, and if he's got a lot of respect, he can put some more capital to work with him and say, Dan, control this. But go ahead. ahead. One of the things about Buffett socially that is uh, interesting uh, relative to his um, ambivalence about investing in Silicon Valley is that he very much likes Silicon Valley, is completely age agnostic. Uh, He has serious friendships. uh, And I think of the three T's all applies, maybe especially Tracy. But he is willing to take people seriously uh, who might not always be taken seriously from somebody of much older age. And, you know, for someone who claims such uh, incompetence at tech, he is friends with an awful lot of tech luminaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the the Uber CEO, his name's escaping right now, has talked about how he went to, and talked to Warren Buffett. He's obviously best friends with Bill Gates. He's talked to all the Google guys. So he's got great connections within there. Uh, so like you said, helping to finance p- people he likes, 3G with their Burger King, Tim Hortons deal is a great example. And the last thing we want to talk about is this is preferred st- – the rumor is he's financing this with preferred stock that can convert to equity. And that's like catnip to Warren Buffett. You go ahead. Uh, he loves – I mean I think the 
um, the the construction that is often made of this is uh, heads you win, tails you tie. Yeah. And it's kind of, he loves creating securities or relationships where if things go horribly wrong for the world, he kind of makes out with some mediocre return. And if things go well, he gets all the upside and he's done that here. So preferred stocks, uh, for most investors, they're generally a bad idea because you kind of get all the all the downsides of debt with none of the upsides of equity. You know, they're the lowest in the capital structure. But the way he creates them, he gets the upsides of equity because of the converts. He obviously custom creates them. But what we've kind of seen is he invests in these business through convertible preferreds. And his bet is basically, I think this business is going to be around. Harley Davidson's one he did it with. He got, I think, a 15% coupon. And he just said, I think Harley Davidson's going to be around. You know, I don't think they're going to go... They're not going to go away, so my preferred is going to get made whole. Said the same thing about Goldman Sachs. think he said the same thing about Bank of America. And he might be saying Yahoo's got so many consumers, so much outreach, uh, and they've been around for so long. It's probably not going away. Even if Dan Gilbert can't make it work, the next person will come in and my preferred will be whole. Uh, I think ultimately you and I agree Verizon's probably the natural buyer. I think so. Yeah. I, I doubt. I've, I've looked at the range uh, of what people are offering for uh, core Yahoo. Uh, and uh, he's probably on the low end of that range. Yeah, and the thing with Warren Buffett, any group associated with them is, you know that they're going to be price disciplined, and a price disciplined group very seldomly wins an auction. So I, I think the odds of him winning are low. Time is probably the second runner up. Yeah. Verizon probably wins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I, I, do we have time for just go, a, go, brief, go, go, go. Uh, a, a brief I'll give you 30 tangent, seconds. Um, which is a marital issue I often have, is that when I participate <laughs> in auctions, clearly with something intended for my beloved uh, wife, yes. I'm very price disciplined. So if I'm willing to bid 80 or 90% of what something ultimately goes for, say a trip or a piece of jewelry or something, I believe it's reasonable to expect 80 to 90% of the credit for having Understood. Tried. You and bid $1,000 for a ring that goes yes, for $1,500. Yes, you think Elizabeth should give you $1,000 worth of gratitude. And, and, and maybe a bonus for her having married to somebody who is price disciplined, rational, careful. And she has a, I won't speak for her, but that's not how she looks at it. I think you might even get negative credit for this, Chris. It, it doesn't go nearly as well as I think it should in hindsight. Uh, Maybe we'll tease the listeners with, at some point, I don't think we've mentioned uh, your idea for mutual conversions and no. how to break, in, break into separate groups with your wife. I will do that. But we'll tease the listeners with, we'll mention that in a future podcast. All right. We are over time. That is all the time we have for today. If you have any feedback for us, aside from how improperly I pronounced that Yahoo, last time we got about 20 emails we don't want that please be sure to uh email us at podcast at range we'd love to hear from you our disclosures we mentioned media general a little bit i am long some media general uh chris i think you're long berkshire yahoo and maybe some media general as well yes yes and yes anything else no all right great that's it and we will talk to you guys hopefully later this week